Our New Testament passage today begins Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. And let me get up the split screen for you. Therefore, now whenever you see therefore, you look back. What was he just saying? And because of what he just said, therefore, all right, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. He said, now listen, come on, believers. He said, we, we don't want anybody to fail to reach this rest, this place of rest that you find in God. We, we don't want anybody to fail to receive that. He said, for good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Now, there's a scary passage. There's a message they heard that did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. All right. So you have to hear the word. You have to hear the word and you have to unite it. Another translation says mix with faith. You hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, yes, but you also have to mix it with the faith that you already have. Otherwise, what you hear does not benefit you. There are many believers that can sit there and listen to a sermon, and because they don't mix it, they don't unite it with the faith that they already have, it brings no benefit to them. For we who have believed enter that rest, all right? All it takes, we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Wow. His works were finished. God's work was finished from the foundation of the world. Now, you, you've got to get a hold of that. Salvation was finished from the foundation of the world. The plan of salvation was finished from the foundation of the world. Not just Jesus coming. When God created the world... His works were finished. Now God rests. Ah. For somewhere he has spoken of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. All right. There's a big note. You fail to enter God's rest because of disobedience. You know, there are so many people today that teach you that it doesn't matter how you live. There are so many preachers today that teach you that, you know, living a holy life is legalism and a works program. We're saved by grace. So, you know, how you live your life is irrelevant. Oh, but beloved, it's not. Disobedience causes you to fail to enter the rest of God. And he appoints a certain day today saying through David so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Wow. This is a wow. Do not harden, oh, my pen. Do not harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. When you hear the voice of God, when you Read the word of God. Do you remember how I taught you last Sunday? And we'll work on this more this weekend, Lord willing. That when we hear the word of God, we, we, we have to receive it, not as if it's the words of men, 
but as the word of God, as it really is, Paul said. Now, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do, do not never look at a passage of scripture and say, you know, that's not relevant to me because that's 2,000 years ago. This is a modern world. That's not relevant to me. Folks, this is why it's so important when you read your Bible. I taught you that you posture your heart as submission and humility, that whatever it says is right. And you just submit to it and bow your heart to everything God's word says. God's word, please, I've always been a reader. I mean, my, my grandma Butler taught me to read before I went to elementary school. Before I started kindergarten, I was reading. When I was in fifth grade, I was reading at university level. I mean, reading books and, and debating with what I read is, is, I've been raised like that. But when I got a hold of the Bible, I remember my grandpa saying, as I sat down with him, when I said, Grandpa, I don't, I don't agree with some of this over here. Grandpa said, Davy, it is not for you to disagree. My grandpa was very sweet, but he had these piercing blue eyes. And he would say, Davy, everything God says is right. End of discussion. I mean, that's when his sentence ended and that discussion ended. There was no discussion. And I remember I had to make it a matter of prayer because all my life I debated with books. I argued with books. Is this really right? But I've learned over a lifetime. And I say I'm a lot better at it today than I was 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And I'm going to get better at it next year than I am right now. But every time you look at the Bible, you never harden your heart. Ever, beloved. You have come with a humble, submissive heart. Whatever God says is right. I may not be smart enough to understand it yet. I may not have the wisdom to understand it yet, but everything God says is right. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. All right, so entrance into the land does not equal rest. Salvation is rest. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. <laughs> We are at rest today. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. We don't earn our salvation. We've, we've rested from these works. Let us therefore strive. There's something to strive for to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Now notice, we've got disobedience We've got disobedience. Disobedience is a problem in a believer's life. For the word of God, this is the Logos, is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing. This is the work of the soul, the spirit, the joints, the marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, forgive me, that's a mouthful. We just preached on it all last weekend. God's word is living and active. His word is working mightily in us. 
It's a sharp two-edged sword. It separates the soul and the spirit. I taught you this last weekend, that the spirit of man is where God speaks to us. The spirit testifies with our spirit. Proverbs, that the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The devil doesn't talk to our spirit. The spirit is dead to God when we, before we get born again. When we're born again, our spirit comes alive. Death just means separation. Our spirit comes back into contact with God. All temptation, all influence of the devil, of the darkness, of, of people around us, that goes to our soul. When we have to make a decision on what do I do, how do I make a decision, you spend time reading the Bible and the word of God would just like a sharp double-edged sword separate between our soul, which is all of the devil's influence, all of people's influences, all of our own thoughts, and between our spirit where God speaks to us. Discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. <laughs> you know, folks, you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. You've got to do the right thing for the right reasons. Let me say that again. You must learn there are many Christians who do the right thing, but they do them for the wrong reasons. There's no reward at the being with seat of Christ. But when we do the right thing for the right reasons, the right thoughts, the right intentions of the heart, that's where the reward comes in. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, you just need to get a hold of that. We are accountable. We are accountable to whom we must give an account. Saved by grace, living by grace, does not mean that we're not accountable. We are accountable to God. And God is watching. We are exposed to his eyes. And we are exposed to the one that we must give an account to. So, beloved, let's let the word work in our lives. Let's let the word discern our thoughts and intentions of our heart. Because he's looking at every single thing we do and why we do it. <laughs> and we want those rewards. We are accountable to him. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Grief. 
Testament passage today picks up with Jeremiah chapter 51, beginning with verse 1. Thus says the Lord. Now that's a powerful, powerful passage. Okay, again, we're dealing with source. Get my blue one back up here. We're dealing with source. Behold, I will stir up the spirit of a destroyer against Babylon and against the inhabitants of Lebkami. I will send to Babylon winnowers, and they shall winnow her, and they shall empty her land, 
Now, that's a pretty strong thought. They will empty her land when they come against her from every side on the day of trouble. All right, so first Babylon is used by God to bring judgment against Israel, Judah, that's the ten tribes, the two tribes, Ammon, uh, Esau, Moab, all of these people that were related to Abraham. All of them had forsaken God and their idolatry. And so God sends Babylon to bring destruction upon them. But then there comes a day when God says, I'm going to judge Babylon. Let not the archer bend his bow and let him not stand up in his armor. Spare not her young men. Devote to destruction all her army. They shall fall down slain in the land of the Chaldeans, wounded in their streets. For Israel and Judah have not been forsaken by God. Now, you just need to get that, all right? Judgment for sin is not being forsaken. Judgment for sin is not being forsaken by God. God judged them because of their sins. They received the discipline and the punishment for their sins. But God said, I haven't forsaken Israel and Judah. He said, no, that has not happened. The Lord of hosts, but the land of the Chaldeans is full of guilt against, number one, the Holy One, and number two, Israel. He said, now, wait a minute. I use these people to bring judgment on Israel, but they took it too far. Flee from the midst of Babylon. Let everyone save his life. Be not cut off in her punishment, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. The Lord's vengeance, not ours. The repayment he is rendering her. Babylon was a golden cup in the Lord's hand, making all the earth drunken. And the nations drank of her wine, therefore the nations went mad. Suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail for her. Take balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her, and let each go to his own country. All right, here's a return of all peoples. All peoples. People who have been taken from Egypt, Edom, Ammon, Moab, Israel, Judah, Syria, all nations. For her judgment has reached up to the heaven and has been lifted up even to the skies. The Lord has brought about our vindication. Always let God do this for you. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. Sharpen arrows, take up shields. The Lord has stirred up the spirit of the Medes because of his purpose concerning Babylon to destroy it. For that is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance for his temple. All right. The spirit of the kings of the Medes, the Medo-Persian Empire, were the ones who destroyed Babylon. And notice, this is vengeance for the temple. God never told them to destroy the temple. God never wanted his house destroyed. Now, you're going to have to learn something about God. Never touch God's house. You know, when people touch God's house, there's vengeance. This is God's house. And God is very protective about his house. Set up a standard against the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up watchmen. Prepare the ambushes. For the Lord has both planned and done what he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. Now, here's a little truth about planning. 
planning and execution. Now, now there's a great little thought there. There's a lot of people out there that make plans, but they don't know how to execute. God planned and done what he had spoken concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. What you plan, you must implement. What you plan, you must execute. It's called getting things done. All right. So this is what I call a GTD principle. Oh, you who dwell by many waters, rich in treasures, your end is come. The thread of your life is cut. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself. Surely I will fill you with men as many as locusts, and they shall raise the shout of victory over you. It is he who made the earth by his power. All right, so God, God equals creator. All throughout the Bible. Oh, my funny pen. I'll be happy when the new Surface Studio 3 comes out. I just think these four-year-old screens are just not what they used to be. It is he who made the earth by his power. It is he who established the world by his wisdom. Notice, by his power, whoops, by his power, by his wisdom. And by his understanding, stretched out the heavens, all right? So creation involved his power, his wisdom, and understanding. It involves power, wisdom, and understanding. When he utters his voice, there is a torment of waters in the heavens, and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just, you laugh at God. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols for his images are false and there's no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of their punishment, they will perish now. Get a hold of that statement right there. A work of delusion. I watch so many people today in this world, businessmen, preachers, Christians. They start to do something, but it's a work of delusion. It's based on delusion. It's based on the fact that they have been deluded. And all that they're doing is a work of delusion. <laughs> it's and you know what? It just shows you their punishment is coming, so leave them alone. Not like these is he whose portion is of Jacob. Not like these. All right. Not like these. Not like these people who are works of delusion. He who is the portion of Jacob. For he is the one who formed all things. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. Wow. And the Lord of hosts is his name. All right. So God, again, is creator. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. God will always have his hand on Israel. You know, I, I see so much anti-Semitism, anti-Jewish anti growing around the world again today. And, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you, you look at people and you go, you know, you're black and they're black because there are black Jews from Ethiopia. And you're prejudiced against them because they're Jewish. 
and you go to Europe and white people are prejudiced against white people just because they're Jewish. You look at people and you go, you know, the longer I live, the more illogical prejudice is. As a Christian, we must always recognize that we have been grafted in. We are the wild olive branch that's been grafted into the beautiful cultivated olive tree. Israel will be restored. We should always treat the people of Israel with great respect. They are the tribe of God's inheritance. You are my hammer and weapon of war. With you, I will break nations in pieces. With you, I will destroy kingdoms. With you, I will break in pieces the horse and the rider. With you, I will break in pieces the chariot and chariot. Now, now who is he talking about? With you, I will break in pieces man and women. With you, I will break in pieces the old man and the youth. With you, I will break in pieces the young man and the young woman. With you, I will break in pieces the shepherd and the flock. With you, I will break in pieces the farmer and his team. With you, I will break in pieces the governors and the commanders. Now, who is this? With you. Now, you just, you just have to just go through and circle all those you are, with you, 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 with you. When you see something that many times, with you, who is that talking about? Who is, who is he he's speaking of? the Medo-Persian Empire. We'll get more into that. I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea before your very eyes for all the evil they have done in Babylon or in, in Zion. So notice, God said, I'm going to bring vengeance against you because of what you did for my temple. And he said, I'm going to bring vengeance against you for all the evil you did in the land. Behold, I'm against you, O destroying mountain, declares the Lord, which, which destroys the whole earth. I will stretch out my hand against you and roll you up down from the crags and make you a burnt mountain. No stone shall be taken from you for a corner and no stone for a foundation. You shall be a perpetual waste, declares the Lord. Set up a standard on the earth. Blow the trumpet among the nations. Prepare the nations for war against her. Summon against her the kingdoms of Arat, Mini, and Ashkenaz, appoint a marshal against her. Bring up horses like bristling locusts. Prepare the nations to go for war against her. The kings of the Medes with their governors and de deputies and every land under their dominion. Now, okay. Now we're seeing who's the with who. The land trembles and rise in pain for the Lord's purposes against Babylon stand. To make Babylon, the land of Babylon, a desolation without inhabitant. To this day. It's part of what is now called Iraq, but it's in a desolate part of Iraq. The warriors of Babylon have ceased fighting. They remain in their strongholds. Their strength has failed. They have become women. Her dwellings are on fire. Her bars are broken. One runner runs to meet another and one messenger to meet another. They tell to tell the king of Babylon that his city is taken on every side. The fords have been seized, the marshes are burned with fire, the soldiers are in panic. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor at the time when it is trodden. Yet a little while, and the time of her harvest will come. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has devoured me. He has crushed me. He has made me an empty vessel. He has swallowed me like a monster. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has rinsed me out. 
The violence done to me and to my kinsmen be upon Babylon. Let the inhabitant of Zion say, My blood be upon the inhabitants of Chaldea. Let Jerusalem say. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will plead your cause and take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea and make her foundation dry. And Babylon shall become a heap of ruins, a haunt of jackal, a whore and a hissing without inhabitants as it is to this day. The greatest city on earth at that time. They shall roar like lions. They shall growl like lion cubs. When, I, when they are inflamed, I will prepare them a feast and make them drunk that they may be merry. Then sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, declares the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to slaughter, like rams and male goats. How Babylon is taken, the praise of the whole earth seized. How Babylon has become a horror among the nations. At once the greatest city in the world, the capital of the greatest empire in the world. But as Daniel shows in the book of Daniel, the Medo-Persians came in and just wiped it out. The sea has come upon Babylon. She is covered with tumultuous waves. Her cities have become a horror, a land of drought, a desert, a land in which no one dwells, through which no son of man passes to this day. It is the most desolate land. And I will punish Bel in Babylon and take out his mouth, which he swallowed. The nation shall no longer flow to him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. Go out of her midst, my people. Go out of her midst. Let everyone save his life from the fierce anger of the Lord. So, all right, if you leave, you're safe. If you stay, you die. Now, now sometimes when God tells you to do something, you better listen. Let not your heart faint and not be fearful at the report heard in the land. When a report comes in one year and afterward a report in another year and the violence is in the land and ruler is against ruler. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish the images, the idols of Babylon. Her whole land shall be put to shame and all her slain fall in the midst of her. Then the heavens and the earth and all that is in them shall sing for joy over Babylon. For the destroyers shall come out against them out of the north, declares the Lord. Out of the north, the Medo-Persian Empire comes against them. And the whole earth shall sing when this world empire that became so cruel, going well beyond anything God ever wanted them to do, now they receive their retribution. All right, we're going to get back into the book of Romans again tonight, working on the heirs of God. We'll look forward to seeing you then, 7 o'clock sharp.